Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Paranormal Corner. Uh, I think I have the wrong background real quick. Let me try to fix that. Oh. I hope you all had a happy Easter. Um, hopefully I have the right background anyway. Um, yeah, I have two great guests waiting for me and uh, I will bring them up. I have. Oh, there we go. Um, she's a fellow author and she's written three plays and um, a really good um, book. And um, the topic that interests me the most is tonight. It's like uh, one of my topics that I want to talk about is about UFO stuff. It's now, now they're coming out in the limelight. Um, Remember that shot in blue? It's like, they, I don't know if it's alien or not, but they just, in fact, shot it down kind of scary times that we have right now. But I know they're out there, and they're probably already here. But, um, better believe it or not. But I, I believe, I, I'm kind of open to being a medium. So I, I think I kind of see more, in a way. So, um, yeah, I'm, and there will be Q&A as well, right after this countdown. Stay and we're back and yeah um, thank you for tuning in and I'm your host Nikki Ray and I'm gonna bring up both Anna Maria Manello and our special other guest oh, I have two guests this time Tom Hallwell I believe so, and he's a whole author as well of tonight visits so here we go woo and we're on there we go welcome, welcome guys <laughs> woo it's so hard to know stuff by yourself <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Been a year now? Yeah, about. Just about, yeah. Just about, yeah. yeah. Boy, time sure flies. So, um, as always, I'd like to ask a few standard questions, and hopefully the audience will chime in with their, you know, Q&A as always. And then, yeah, welcome to our show, guys. I hope you had a happy Easter. Um, it was rather quiet out here, but yeah, it was a nice Easter. <laughs> Um, oh, I hear somebody. <laughs> we have some doubts too, don't worry. Um, Tom, is that Chrissy? <laughs> That's Chrissy. Yeah, she heard okay. something outside. She's ready to go Hi, now. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully, you all can see us. Uh, forget where I streamed that. But I think I'm everywhere. Anyway, even YouTube and, and Facebook. And so, um, yeah, where do I start? Where I just started at the beginning, right? <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, as an author, where, where, um, where do you get your ideas, you know, my sharing, and especially with this awesome book that's coming up? Well, this actually came from a conversation. Tom, if you want me to take this one. Sure. Uh, Tom and I had a conversation probably late in, I would say, September, thereabouts. 
Um, we were talking generally about uh, accounts and different cases because Tom's a ufologist and a pattern researcher. Uh, and he's been doing this for over 25 years and has really narrowed down to focusing on patterns uh, that he sees with sightings, earthquakes, and things of that nature. And uh, I said to him, it was very interesting, these things that he's doing uh, as far as like the way he goes about things. He's very detailed and very intricate or oriented. But also, on the other hand, he seems to have a very interesting life. So I started pitching the idea to Tom about writing his memoir, since I'm a memoir writer. And it kind of took off from there. Tom, in turn, mentioned to me that there was a woman that he found out about because he was sending out questionnaires uh, to people who were potential abductees, UFO abductions, that is. And he had narrowed it down to five people out of the 50 responses that he got. And uh, it happened to be this woman uh, who lives here in the East Coast, whose name we can't mention, but we gave her a name of Shailene in the book. Okay. And so what happened in the next few months is between my conversations with Tom to get information about his life, I also contacted Shailene uh, and she gave me pretty much a very terrifying story. Uh, and I put the book together with both of them, kind of like juxtaposed, uh, you know, with parallel lives going back to back from chapter to chapter. So that's how it got started as far as for me. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of that far, but I know I can't wait to read the rest the book. <laughs> okay, yes. And do you find that they're, the way they tell it, do you think that they're telling the truth? Or how do you tell if they're not telling the truth you know, of their story? Okay, um, well, that's a really good story, uh, um, a question because um, people are going to tell you what they think you want to hear. Right. That's, that's their first impression they're going to tell you what you think or what what they think you think uh is important to them and they'll go about saying things it's it's the people that uh take off on a on a tangent and um are able to tell their story rapidly that uh, you know that it really happened um the ones that are uh con contemplative you know worried about what they're going to say and whatever um those are the people that are probably trying to make things up as they go um that was that was my first right. um, and then um shortly after that uh, in uh, in uh, one of my discussions um i spoke with shailene and um she told me the story that like blew the top of my head off. It was just the craziest thing I've ever heard. And um, she had uh, uh, long, long lists of evidence that um, that she uh, that she was able to produce that um, 
pretty much convinced me that this is really what was happening to her. Um, And um, she's a very interesting lady. Um, um, It turns out that her story that, that she told me was so bothersome to me that it actually ended up giving me um, uh, uh, nightmares and it it wasn't it wasn't very pleasant believe me uh, because the nightmares just would multiply every time I spoke with her they got worse and worse Um, so it it was pretty interesting um, how this whole thing came about with her but um, also frightening for me at the very same time. All right, if you don't mind me asking, do you have any um, encounters with UFOs yourself or just with the experiences? Yeah, um, there's a, in, in the book, um, uh, Anna did an absolutely terrific job of putting my story together and um, and uh, telling uh, telling the reader um, what I went through and how I how I um, um, came up with the the uh, sightings that I did. There's a whole backstory on on this. Um, very complex, but. Um, uh, Anna did a wonderful job at that. Thank and, you. And um, what what is interesting about this whole thing is that um, I was just following what someone had suggested, and uh, I found out um, through a nighttime. Well, I I hesitate to call it a visitation, but it it, it was more like like uh, a uh, dream. And um, I, I found out that it was, it was uh, my, it was up to, up to me to decide what it is I wanted to, to see and do. And they told me how to do it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. And that's why, um, that's why it's so important to get and read this book because it displays everything, how it happened from point A to point B, from step one through step 20. And uh, believe me, these once I started asking, these things started happening to me and uh, they were pretty rapid fire. So Nicole, if I might add here, um, I was really riveted with what was happening to Tom because he wasn't aware that he himself was an experiencer. Uh, and for the benefit of the audience who's listening, an experiencer is someone who is having encounters with extraterrestrial beings. Uh, it doesn't have to lead to an abduction, but it's certainly what you call CE3, which is contact. In this case, Tom was a contactee. Uh, unbeknownst to him, he was experiencing the classic uh, missing time. He was having lucid dreaming. Uh, he was actually coming out of his body and his consciousness was traveling at night to these places. 
uh, that during the day he couldn't account for. Uh, just to give you an idea of how lucid and how profound his experiences are, he had one particular evening where he actually saw himself come out of his body and he was looking down on the bed at his sleeping body and he proceeded to come out into the forest behind his house uh you know he gets to the tree line which is the edge of his property in the back of the house and as he's entering it there is a man that he is following and it's a light it's a man of light and as they're going into the forest he sees something which is what you would call an orb it was floating it was between the trees and as he got closer he realized that the man was now standing right next to it and it was communicating with him telepathically it asked him for his energy and in the beginning tom didn't quite understand what that meant and he said how am i going to give you my energy and the man indicated well i will show you you have to come with me so you could share your energy with this other being so he's looking at the craft which is right next to this man of light and he figures this thing is not big enough for me to enter so <laughs> but the next thing he knew he was inside the craft he was totally surprised that the craft was so cavernous so huge in comparison to the way it appeared outside and as he entered there was a man another being just like the one standing next to him now who was lying on some kind of steel platform and what he was asked to do was help to heal this being that appeared to be injured and then he was escorted out of the craft he found himself walking in his bare feet down the wooded path back towards his house and the next thing he knew he was lying back in bed and nicole i will tell you this he woke up totally surprised it was so clear in his head the feeling that accompanied it the wind blowing in his face the leaves underneath his feet the twigs crackling underneath his feet it was so real he pulled off the blanket to make sure there were no leaves on his legs yeah i remember reading that part wow yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the out of body experience. That will be, uh, and uh, vivid dreams. I tend to have those a lot, but I don't know. There's any missing time. But I know that's one of the signs, right? Missing time. And do you know of any other signs that you look for? And you know you've been contacted or abducted. Um, okay, uh, contacted or abducted. Um, I, I try to get a sense of the story that they're telling me. And um, I mentioned it before, how rapidly are they telling me this story? And 
are they fishing around for words or whatever else like they've either never said the story before or um it's just coming to them um and uh what i look for is uh people just willing to willing to just give up what happened to themselves um that is the that's the key for me um if they're easily um uh, sharing then it really happened if it's a struggle for them they're making it up and that's that's pretty that's pretty true for just about everybody right and if I might add, one of the yeah. things I've noticed, too, and this is just from, you know, interviewing people, um, maybe for my blog, maybe interviewing them to put together a story, is that as you talk to the person, they're sharing their stuff, you're writing it down. A week later, you go back and try and see if the statement is still the same. Uh, with people who were telling the truth, the statement never wavers. It, the story remains the same. It substantially holds up to, um, you know, the, the test, as we would say. Uh, when you ask it a different way, when you angle your question a different way, the response invariably remains the same response. And for me, that shows that they're telling us the truth. Um, let me let me add something here. Um, um, I do uh, somewhat the same thing um, when I am questioning someone. I will um, uh, I'll ask them the same question, but couch from a different angle, and uh, see if they're telling me the same thing. And that it usually requires multiple conversations because they're never going to remember what they said the first time, the second time, especially if they're making it up. If, excuse me, if they aren't making it up, then uh, the story will be consistent. Um, I also noticed right. that uh, one of the people that, um, that uh, made a comment, uh, Deb DeRosa, um, I have spoken with her. Uh, a couple of times and we've exchanged a lot of notations on on Facebook and stuff oh, cool. um, good, good 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 to see you Deb you can add me too if you like so. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm always on Facebook whatever um, but anyway um yeah and you can also read body language as well like if they're nervous to twist or something yes. right mm -hmm. like they're always moving you know or moving <laughs> Yeah. I look for body language as well as paranormal investigator, you know. Um, when I interviewed anybody, um, I always did it by phone first. So I didn't have that key uh, because, they, you know, they could be walking around their house and talking to me and I don't know. But um, um, the only thing I really have to go by is the basis of their story. Love you okay. too, Deb. <laughs> yeah, Deb. So isn't it amazing? Sometimes you do have the evidence to back it up. Do you ever have those as well? I uh, have what? I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Have any um, evidence that would back up their stories? Have you had them as well, or just the stories? Um, evidence, Tom. Evidence. Oh, evidence. Um, well, 
Yeah, a lot of evidence. Uh, um, most of the, most of the evidence that I had was created by me asking to see uh, a craft in the air, and um, within some short period of time, there it was. Wow, I'll definitely yeah. try that. One of the things, Nicole, that's very unusual in this particular memoir is that when Tom was uploading his books, he had three books in a series at one time. And before that, he actually made contact with a Facebook group that sought to meditate as a group in order to initiate a UFO sighting. CE5. A CE5. Yeah. And what happened was he was kind of waffling to see, should I meditate with this group? Shouldn't I? Is it necessary? And in a dream uh, with two American Indians standing by his bed, the reply was, no, you don't need to meditate with a group. All you have to do is ask. And talking about evidence, what happened subsequently to that is that when the first book got uploaded on Amazon that same evening, he had his first sighting and his wife was actually the one who saw it right through the living room window. Oh, wow. I've had one of those encounters too and it's quite amazing and shocking at the same time. So I totally know. I yeah, and it's, it's like they're communicating they're communicating with you. So the first thing Tom thought of at the time was, well, that's just coincidental. You know, these things happen. We have a lot of sightings until eight months later, he uploads his second book. And then he has another sighting. This one, he is actually over a lake. He's sitting at the side of a lake. They're on vacation. And here comes something that is totally undeniable. Tom, you can describe what you saw. Okay, that um, as I was uh, um, just staring out in across the lake, what I was seeing was uh, the reflections of uh, lights from uh, cabins and whatever else across the lake, and then there was glimmering and and uh, whatever else right out in the lake. It was very interesting, very relaxing, and I was just staring out there, and um, I heard in my head, look up. So I looked up, and when I did, there was this brilliant, uh, large red flash that covered about 30, 40% of the um, sky. And from the center of this came this long, white, glowing object. um, Sort of reminded me of something that would be a uh, a, um, uh, cigar-shaped craft. And it took off uh, out of the center and disappeared over the horizon. And the entire time... Uh, was about a second and a half. So this thing, when it when it became visible to me, was moving uh, at some ridiculous velocity. Yeah, they do move fast, and I happened to capture one. Uh, one time I was filming, 
and uh, all of a sudden it shot straight up. Kind of like what happened. That's cool. Yeah, and then I shot a uh, video EVP, I forget what those are called. And, it, and we heard not that. I was talking about orbs. And I heard not that. And it shot straight up. <laughs> wow, and you never quite cool. forget it. No, and I got it on no. film, and I can find the film, the video, I'll share it with you guys. Oh. Wow. Yeah, some I, uh, videos are up on YouTube. I have quite a few uh, sightings out here in California. And I hear that California and Florida and possibly other states are the most popular, that the most UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. I remember from my research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um the the USO sightings are um, very frequent off of South Carolina and uh, Southern California. Yeah. Sounds like there's a base down there somewhere. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hit me all over already. <laughs> yeah, and the third sighting was the one that I thought was most interesting for Tom. Wow, this this was crazy. <laughs> Um, I was going to work, and um, I crossed over the Hudson River. Now, the Hudson River is part of the Hudson Valley, which is a big deal of um, um, uh, sighting uh, um, of um, uh, large amounts of sightings and uh, several very big sightings of this uh, uh, enormous craft. But anyhow, um, I, I drove over the Hudson River and I was ready to turn left down onto the interstate, which was right alongside the river. And um, as I uh, approached the turnoff, I saw this bright red light um, and it looked like it was out on the horizon. So, um, the uh, 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 all up and down the Hudson River, there are um, towers, and um, uh, large tension lines go across the river. And on each side of the river, there is a bright red light uh, on top of the tower, uh, so it's because it's also in the landing path for the Albany Airport. So um, I thought, well, maybe maybe they installed a new tower out there because it looked like it was out on the out on the uh, the uh, 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 horizon. But anyhow, um, uh, I hit my left turn signal because I was just about ready to turn, and just then this red light charged my car. And it it moved towards my vehicle in a sinusoidal way. That's up and down, it's not like oh, like wow. a sine wave. And it moved right towards the car and bumped off the windshield, and it was gone. Like, what was that? Oh my God, what was that? So um, I, I I I was I was flabbergasted. Um, I drove to work yeah, and I got out and the first thing I did is walk around and look at the windshield and and looked at the vehicle and and I didn't see any damage to it but uh, uh, oh boy it was crazy 
Never heard of anything like that, Tom. That is incredible. I was gonna ask Tom, do you even recall what shape it was? Spherical. It was spherical. It was uh, approximately the size of a softball, and it was moving very, very fast. And um, as it as it touched the windshield, which was like a, what about a foot and a half in from me, uh, when it touched the windshield, it it skipped and moved directly up and to the right. And it was gone. Oh, wow. Yep. That very, very strange. Has that happened to you before or is that the first time? Well, that was the first time for that, let me tell you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but that's three sightings, three separate UFO sightings on days um, just prior to me uploading the book into Amazon. And each time I, I uh, held back the book um uh by a day or so and wrote up the thing that i saw and put that in the very front of the book oh well it's like they know <laughs> yeah yeah uh th this was more or less a, a thank you to them um uh thank you for letting me see it you know i i let them know yeah that's cool and they're gonna find i tend to see myself the orb shape like this that come out here and the ones i don't know how to describe it. have you seen those one is kind of made of like energy and you see through it like a plasma or that's okay, one of well, my profound experience i've seen um the first thing i saw the one that my wife saw first it was a ball of fire <clears throat> but it almost looked like this ball was um, had a fake fire around it. Um, that's about the only way I could describe it. It was like a digital fire. And um, it, it was the same kind of fire that continuously repeated, like every 15 seconds, it looked like the same kind of fire was around it again. Um, that is probably how they um, how they uh, um, they hid themselves. Um, the only reference that I saw to a fireball uh, converting from something or to something was in the National UFO Reporting Center, where there was a uh, there was a description about um, a. Uh, a fireball that all of a sudden stopped becoming a fireball and was a um, a disc-shaped craft. Right, and you know it's not a meteor or anything like that. It just slows down or stops. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it sounds like it's got some kind of maybe like a cloaking device or some yeah, kind of force field around it yep. that made it look like it was more... Uh, you know, like as if it was surrounded by something translucent to protect mm -hmm. it. That that's it, that's what it sounded like to me because I watched as these things were parading past my house, and there were like nine of them total. And when wow. I, I started 
figuring out what direction they were coming from. They were coming from uh, north of me, which was right up the Hudson River. And um, I was looking at the area. It was like, you know, a black, uh, um, uh, black sky. And um, this, this, uh, uh, this uh, thing, I, this is, I guess this is the first time that I ever asked it. But um, I said, I'm not leaving here until I see these things, how they, how they come about. And I was standing there thinking this, and all of a sudden, they just popped on from a black sky to boop, boop, two of them right next to each other. And um, they were extremely bright and... Um, very very interesting they they sort of reminded me of a um of a uh, projection hmm. i don't know if they were but it sort of reminded me of a projection but it's certainly not a technology that we have because this was very very unique right and i agree with dev says uh that they want their presence known and appreciated for us about talking about them. I think so too. And also, um, I think that the more open that we are, whatever many of our psychic, I think we tend to see more. So it's like, careful what you ask for. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that once you're receptive to these things, I think they realize that they can communicate with you. Yeah. And I think with Tom, you know, he was actually asking. He had the intention and they read his intention. And so, and he's a pattern researcher. So they gave him a pattern. They replied in a pattern. They're going to reply by showing up on the eve of uploading his three books. Because he know, they know that he would understand it better by doing it that way. It's as if they really intimately know us. And that is what's very uncanny about the whole thing. That's true. Have you run across besides the craft? Have you run across any like aliens themselves, or just mostly the craft? Um, I don't write about aliens. I write about the craft, the craft. and the things that are seen, and how often they're seen. And one of the other things that I did was I had a, um, uh, a a large map of the United States. It was uh, 30 inches by 50 inches. So that, that's a big one, okay? And uh -huh. um, I put this on a foam board. Um, and uh, on this foam board, I bought a, uh, a bunch of different colored pins and started putting pins within the states where the sightings were were concentrated and seen, and that's when the patterns started popping up. If you don't mind me asking, how often would you see these um, sightings? Oh, uh, physically the sightings? I saw them three times. That's it. But I haven't asked since. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> um, I wouldn't doubt that I probably should do that, yes. <laughs> I'm tempted myself to try asking. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so I know I've seen them out here. So, yeah, I was mind crying. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're interesting. They really are. Um, they they stick with you. Uh, it's almost like you see something and you can't believe that you actually saw it and you will never, ever forget it. That's true. And I, I know um, one time when I saw one out here, I was at work at the time. I was outside. I used to work at a grocery store, so we're always going in and out. So um, one night I saw a UFO, and uh, I'm like, do you guys see what I'm seeing? I'm always make sure I get witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not going crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, they are they are um, uh, quite profound, and you never ever forget them. And that one, I forgot what year it was. It was a few years ago, but there was a large sighting of the UFOs out here in Tim and the. I'm out here in Hemet, California, mm -hmm. Southern California, and um, the work I was working in Tim uh, Temecula. California. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yes, I've, I've heard of that, yes. And there's been quite a few sightings out there, even. So I think you're that or they follow me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm afraid to look up anymore. <laughs> um, no, I don't mind. But yeah, I find it fascinating. As <laughs> well as with the paranormal. And I think they correlate with you. You, you guys think that's possible there's a direct correlation. Uh, the, the first thing that I saw, and believe me, I had never seen a UFO or a ghost or anything like it. And then I saw a ghost and um, uh, it was like the floodgates opened. I see, I understand that. I see, yeah. I see them all. <laughs> Speaking I of paranormal, Nicole, this particular book also delves into the paranormal, which leads us to the topic of the experiencer that Tom had introduced me to. Uh, and the case is something that has still continued to puzzle us uh, because to me, it's still something that it kind of uh, is undefinable as the title of the book states. And uh, Tom, if you want to talk about Shailene, uh, she's uh, someone you've known for several years, actually, right? Yes. Yep. Um, we've oh, been wow. friends for probably about seven or eight years now, I guess. And um, she's told me uh, some things that really disturbed me. Um, and... Uh, um, some of the stories that she told me were so disturbing to me that I actually had to stop listening to them. Um, yeah, they, were, they, were, they were just too much uh, because she was, getting, uh, she was getting roughed up at night. Um, and uh, there was also an undertow of good versus evil and uh, the stories that she was telling me and in interfacing with, um, with uh, um, the, uh, what was that? 
Okay. When okay. when when inter interfacing with uh, the extraterrestrials, um, she thought that there was uh, one of the races was evil, another race was good, and she was being used um, to protect uh, uh, either the Earth or the extraterrestrials uh, because okay. she was also a shaman, and she had. Uh, some pretty intense uh, uh, abilities. So, uh, um, she didn't. She didn't tell Anna a lot of this stuff um, um, because she was a little concerned about um, uh, about how she would be uh, looked at. Right. Yeah. I think it was a very conservative area that she lived in, which is why she remains anonymous. Um, when I first um, met her, she actually reached out to me um, and indicated she was a friend of Tom's. We were talking for a while and then we went into talking by phone before I realized that she was the experiencer that Tom, Tom was telling me about. Um, at that point, I went to get permission from her to share her story in this book. And afterwards, shortly after that, we started talking on the phone on a regular basis so I could get the material. What I found was that she, at some point, started to kind of slow down in the sense that she, I knew she was keeping some things from me. But because technically, you know, when you have a permission form, you can only get the information that they choose to share with you. So I took whatever information I could get that she was willing to give. And on that basis, I started writing out the book. Uh, later on, uh, Tom told me that there was a lot more to the story. Uh, at that point, we were getting over 200 pages. And it appeared to me that whatever was happening on her end was also interactive. Uh, these beings that were interacting with her appeared to be, to me, retaliating as she was telling her story. She eventually sent a picture to me, which troubled me quite a bit. Um, it showed bruises on her back. And I became very concerned about what was happening on her end. Uh, it made me want to stop the interviews, and at some point I even had grave misgivings about continuing the book because of the effect that it was having on her. And as I wrote the book and progressed on Tom's narrative, I also noticed that Tom was getting impacted, being affected. His health was being affected. He paused several times to stop talking to her. Uh, when she started sending pictures, we had concrete evidence something was occurring. And at the time, the woman was isolated. She lived by herself. She's in a small rural town. No one believed her. Uh, I think some people were asking her to go to the doctor, even when she was younger. Uh, and I wrote that in the book, that she actually made an attempt, turned around because she was afraid she would be ridiculed that she would be rejected further by the family. The sad part about this is that this started when she was about six years old uh, and it has not let up.
to this day. And she's so in her seventies. So this is yeah. happening when she's younger after she's in her adult years, right? Like occurring. It started when she was about six, when her father brought home a weapon from Germany. Uh, and for some reason, he took that object and hid it in a crawl space above her bed. And things began, from what I can glean from my interviews, and, you know, we always look for a catalyst as a paranormal investigator. We hunt for that particular event or that particular object, in this case, that might have spurned on an open portal. And to me, it was pretty much the entrance of a haunted object. Uh, why the father chose to keep it in the house is beyond me. Uh, I think it affected her profoundly, needless to say. Uh, it profoundly affected even the people around her and their behavior. Yeah, that's crazy. By the way, can you guys hear me? Medicare? Yes. Yeah. Is the volume okay? Oh, All right. <laughs> Hopefully the audience can hear me now. Oh, wow. Yeah, do you think having that um, item would, yeah, would be scary because having all the things that happen around that particular item? I don't want to give away any spoilers, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of these things where you kind of wonder, you know, is there anyone at all that attempted to intervene uh, and it looked like it went unchecked. It got to the point where in 2017, things took a turn. Uh, and now we have something that is a clear-cut abduction. The woman was disappearing, but there were no witnesses. They were work working on her to somehow look at, uh, I don't even know to what extent. Her body, they were putting things in her body. They were putting, uh, what are they called, Tom? Those objects. Implants. I forget. Implants. Yeah, alien, alien implants. How we call yeah. Implants. Yes. Yeah, I was doing research before I started appearing on my, I remember, alien imp implants. <laughs> and uh, she referred several times in the book that Anna captured very well uh, uh, when the implants, she noticed the implants starting to move on their own. That had to have been a little disconcerting, uh, but uh, these things were moving around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was something that was inside her hand and it was moving towards her fingers. Uh, her husband noticed it and eventually it popped out of the edge of her finger and fell to the floor. And she tried to retrieve it at the time they had a dog in the house. She was concerned something would happen to the dog. She retrieved it and it promptly disappeared back into her hand. So that's how elusive it was. Well, I was just going to ask, can it be removed at all? Or like... um, if it's anything uh, resembling the same kind of implants that have been going on for years, um, 
there's several doctors that uh, tried to get them out. And every time that they approached whatever with their with their tongs or tweezers or whatever they happen to want to grab the thing by, it would move. And this is this is very consistent with what the uh, what the implants do. Um, they seem to have a defense mechanism. And uh, as soon as you you enter the uh, a particular area around where they happen to be, then um, they go into some defensive mode and move to another place. Is that some kind of tracking device? Do you think that's what they might be? It's probably used as a as a tracking device, among other things. Uh, maybe maybe it uh, stores data. Um, yeah. uh, like uh, a data such as body temperature or whatever. I don't know. But um, it, it could be very, very, um, uh, very, very scary uh, to, uh, to sit down and actually think about what they're doing to you and how they're reading you. Um, it, it's, it's, got, right. it's got to worry you. Yes. I would be afraid to have one of those. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that one of the things I learned from writing this book is that there seems to be a very thin veil between the paranormal and the supernatural. Because what's puzzling to me about this particular case is that to me... Oh, yeah. uh, who has experienced paranormal phenomena for several years. I mean, I started experiencing it even as an infant uh, and into my adult years. Everything about this case smelled, looked, walked like an infestation. Um, it was so much so that I started praying prayers of protection before I started writing any chapter that involved this particular case. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom had a very lucid dream uh, pertaining to this case when one night he had what I would call a lucid nightmare. I had a very similar one that involved a, an amorphous creature standing at the foot of the bed, dragging chains, coming towards me. I have a Bible that I happen to keep at the end of my bed, uh, right on my dresser. I also have a rosary there, and I have holy water. I have everything that you need to protect yourself because you just never know. <laughs> and I took that Bible. I was able to reach out, turn on the light, and of course they dissipate once you turn the lights on. I put the Bible on the edge of the bed, I took the rosary with me, and I put it right on top of the Bible, and then I thought, okay, it's weak, I shut the light off. And then the bed started vibrating. And as it did so, I heard the chains again, and Nicole, my, my room, our room, does not have hardwood, it's carpeted. So it's virtually impossible to hear someone dragging chains across a floor that's got full carpet. So you know it's not really dealing with this particular um, realm, it's from another realm. So I turned the light on again. Yeah. 
And then I proceeded this time to pray in earnest. And as I did, the heaviness in the room disappeared. The sense of malice in the room disappeared. Uh, and then I shut the light off and I woke up. It was already morning. But, but the kind of things that come along with this type of writing, I have to forewarn people, you have to be very, very careful what you delve into. Because at that moment, I really don't know what kind of territory I was walking into. And I was not going to invite anything in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always make sure I protect into white light, especially. I yes. With it right away. And so, um, you must have some of the sleep paralysis, what I was thinking of. That you might be experiencing. Um, sleep Tom, paralysis. Who had that? Yeah, um, that, that probably, uh, most likely happened when, um, when I woke up in the middle of the night and, um, there were two, um, uh, Native Americans, um, you know, dressed head to toe, uh, as if they were Plains Indians and, uh, they walked up to, uh, to me on each side of my bed. Now, I sleep in a queen-size bed, um, yet these people that walked up to me were right next to me on either side. And I don't know how they did that, um, uh, but they reached out with their hand. I couldn't move. I was just solid in place and they reached out with something in their hands and touched my chest and i felt myself all of a sudden levitate and um well um then i woke up in my bed everything was fine uh and i noticed when i woke up in my bed my uh the door that they had come through wasn't on the right it was on the left which is where it should have been that's my room so i don't know what i saw i don't know where i was but uh, it sure as heck wasn't in my bedroom and they sure as heck uh, weren't next to me on my bed because one of them wouldn't have been able to be next to me on my bed it, it was just very unusual i think it could have been the spirit guys in a way that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And um, and when we're dreaming, we're in our most relaxed state of mind. That's when we tend to have visitations from either UFOs or ghosts even. That's what I tend to get, you know, encounters as well. Mm -hmm. And nightmares. So I, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm not going to have this nightmare. And sometimes that helps. I haven't been successful that way to, to will it away. Yeah, so I'm trying to will it away and sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was flying by. Oh my goodness. But um, do you guys have um, a way that they can contact you and actually I'd like to bless you and everything you want to well, I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter. I also am on TikTok and Instagram. I'm pretty much on all of them. No, I'm not on LinkedIn. Uh, and I also have a website, which is under my name, author.com. Uh, 
Um, the book will be available on April 18th. That is the launch date. Um, it is available on Kindle and in paperback. How about you, okay. Tom? Um, well, okay. Um, <laughs> um, I have a Facebook presence. I like to try to um, continuously uh, put out commentary about um, UFOs and um, uh, um, uh, uh, those who are contacted. And um, my my uh, Facebook address is tom.conwell.3. Um, believe it or not, there's multiple Tom Conwells on the on the Facebook. But tom.conwell.3 is my address. Um, feel free to throw me a friend request and um, I will look into you. And um, my email address is T-C-O-N-W-E-L-2, not L-L like my name is, T-C-O-N-W-E-L-2 at N-Y-C-A-P, that's New York Capital, nycap.rr.com. If you haven't that figured that out from there, I live very close to the state capital, New York. Oh, nice. I haven't been up there yet. Hopefully, one of these days I'll get up there. <laughs> and also, I want to take this time to give a shout out to our sponsors, JD Hill and Studio Six. Top of my head, so I forget things. Studio Six Entertainment Paranormal. So, I want to thank you guys. Is there anything else you'd like to share? We have a couple more minutes left. Okay. Um, well, Anna, what was... are you planning? What, what am I planning? Uh, I'm planning on co-writing uh, briefly another book, uh, certain chapters of it. It's called Jill with an H. Uh, that is with a gentleman who comes out of uh, Canada. Uh, I'm also writing a, an article, a UFO article for the uh, OVNI magazine, which is a magazine run by Jose Bouillon. Uh, and then in the fall, I have another book coming out called The Talisman uh, with Beyond the Fray Publishers. Yeah, I look forward to that one as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that that book okay. is previewed uh, at the end of the book that we're putting out right now. And it'll be on Amazon too, as well, right? Yep, Amazon. Yes. Amazon. I gonna tell you, I'm already hooked on it already, even though I read like half of it already. <laughs> <laughs> I will read all of it. <laughs> so yeah, well, you guys with the other uh, projects and everything like that, you're welcome back on our show anytime. Thank, thank you. you so much yeah. for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here, Yanan, and thank you, Tom, for the first time being on the show. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And hi to Deb. Yeah, hi, Deb. Yes. Thank you for watching, guys. And uh, I hope you guys had a nice, safe Easter. Uh, the next holiday is my birthday. <laughs> oh, oh, happy birthday. birthday. I'll just be a year over 51. <laughs> <laughs> Year, a year wiser, I hope. Uh, uh, it's May 30th. Actually, sometimes it is on a holiday. May 30th on Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Yeah, I have one fun question real quick for you. Do you guys have a bucket list? A place you like to go to? 
I think I'd probably that. like to play 18 holes at Augusta. Oh, cool. Yeah. Didn't know you golfed, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did up until the point that uh, I retired, and then I slowed down a little bit with golf, and um, then I had my heart attack, and um, I haven't, I haven't tried swinging a golf club because I was pretty violent, uh, and I didn't want to swing a golf club after having. Uh, <laughs> Having been ripped open, so yeah. Right. But someday I'll get back to it. Yeah, I used to play golf myself. I kind of miss it. Mm. I played for the Special Olympics one year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, when I was in uh, in the Navy, I had a five handicap. I was I was close to, to considering uh, turning pro. But, wow. um, yeah, um, then life got in the way and, uh, that didn't happen. That happened. Thank yeah. you for your service, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys. Um, thank you. You have a great and safe week. And next week, who do I got? What's next week? I'm terrible with dates. Next week. Oh, I have, this is funny. You guys are going to laugh. I'm going to be on her show in the morning, and she'll be on this show that evening. So, <laughs> I thought wow. it was funny. So, um, I'm going to have Dr. Heather Lee. Already. She'll talk about her book as well. Great. So, yeah. So, thank you guys so much. Stay safe. And let me know if you can contact for me if you have any more experiences. Okay. Um, thank I'm you. I'm to hear about that as well. And of course, um, unfriend me. I'll bring you back. <laughs> okay, absolutely. I'll be. Uh, well, um, your Facebook name is it Nikki Ray? Uh, yeah, Nicole Ray. I changed it back to my original name, Nicole Ray. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. All right uh, thank you very much for having me. Sure, anytime. You're welcome back anytime. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, yes.